98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to o'clock on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. We are live from the auction community studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadero. Hi, Gambo. Bernsey, what's going on? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Getting ready for a big football weekend. See if ASU could take care of business and the uh, Cardinals could take care of business and get a couple of wins. Yeah, it was uh, quite a game last night on Thursday Night Football. I mean, it wasn't a very entertaining Carolina. game. Yeah, but 3-0. Carolina 3-0, Sam Darnold looking really, really good last night. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gone, J.C. Horn gone, Hassan Reddick, hello, second in the NFL right now in sacks only to Chandler Jones. Of course, he's had one more game. My goodness, Hassan Reddick has looked so good to start this season so far, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think he's on a. I think he's on a one-year prove-it deal too. Yes, right? he is. Yes, he is. So he's on a one-year prove-it deal because he had that great year last year, and people are still skeptical. Eh, I don't know if that's really him. I'm not sure if that's really him. And you know, it's uh, but it's a shame. You know, when you you, you see these guys and you, you know you you let them go, and you know, I was thinking to myself last night, God, would I rather have Hassan Reddick or JJ Watt right now? Cool. Would you rather have Hassan Reddick or J.J. Watt? Fair question. Yeah. J.J. Watt brings leadership and stuff that Hassan Reddick doesn't, but Hassan Reddick is, you know, clearly, clearly a better pass rusher right now. Yeah, I mean, I know I'd rather have Hassan Reddick than Devon Kennard. Uh, I, I know that. Nothing yeah, against I, Devon Kennard. But, 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 right, okay, but Reddick, I mean, money-wise, yeah, yeah. it's probably similar. Like, you couldn't, uh, you know... Um, what's Hassan Reddick making? I think I six look. million one year, six million dollar contract. That was one year, six million dollar contract. All, that for a okay. guy who had a prolific season last year, all he could get was one year and six million dollars. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, so you could have the money for less money than you invested in JJ Watt. You could yeah. have invested in keeping Hassan Reddick, but therein lies the problem. JJ Watt, albeit an older player, is a known commodity in this league. Hassan Reddick is still very much an unknown commodity in this league. Who is he? What is he? How long is this going to last? Say what? He has another year this year like he did last. He will get paid next offseason. You paid, do it two times paid, in a paid. row. Yeah. yeah, you do it two times in a row. And now, okay, nobody's going to quite, okay, can you do it again? You know, can you do it? Yes. You get, he has another, ten, you know, double-digit sack. Somebody's going to say, this is who he is. That's mm-hmm. who he is now. He figured it out. This is who he is. All right, we've got a lot going on. Uh, that game we'll talk about a little bit. But, of course, we've got a big Cardinals game coming up on Sunday. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Suddenly, injuries are a thing that we have to have a conversation about for the Cardinals. Just how much of a conversation? Well, we'll find out here in the next couple of minutes. We know two players for sure are out. Josh Miles, offensive lineman, is out with an ankle injury. Brian Winters, offensive lineman, is out for what's being dubbed as personal reasons. I haven't seen any more details beyond that. I don't know what exactly that is, but he is out for personal reasons. Listed as questionable for the game, Kelvin Beecham, DeAndre Hopkins, Devon Kennard, Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson. So you're talking about in yeah. Miles, Winters, and Beecham, two of the three are out, the other's questionable. That's some of your offensive linemen and some of your depth there. And then, of course, both Murphy and Kennard. 
Let me uh, play this, uh, and then there's DeAndre Hopkins. Let me play this soundbite for you from Cliff on the chances that DeAndre Hopkins plays on Sunday. Here's what Cliff said today. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I think it's a crucial next 48 hours and see how uh, he feels Sunday. I know I mean, he's a tough guy. Obviously, you mentioned he plays, but um, we'll see if he can go. What do you make of that? You know, I was, I don't know, I was looking at, you know, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, NFL injury status, and, you know, those are the two most prominent players right now that are questionable. Uh, Hopkins is listed as a game-time decision, but Byron Murphy, man, I mean, he, he, he's your top corner. I don't, we don't love the depth at that cornerback spot. You know, they did bring in Hamilton, and he's playing a little bit, and we've talked about how Isaiah Simmons can, can play some corner, but, you know, I, th- I think that's the position where you, you have the least amount of depth and you can't afford to miss a guy. Now, if you're going to miss him in a game, I'm going to be honest with you, I mean, this, this is the game. It wasn't last week. You know, it wasn't week one. It wasn't week two. It's not the next three weeks. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to miss him in a game, this this is the game we like, all right, you <laughs> should be able to get by without a couple of key players in this game. You're right. I'm uncomfortable about you being right, but you're right. I mean, it's it's if not. If I could pick one, this is the game I'd pick. Yep. I mean, it's 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 sort of like, you know, I I know you don't do this, but but a lot of people out there listening are are sort of in that 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 suicide pool. You know, where every single week you pick a team, yeah. and that team has to win, right? And if they don't, you're out. And a lot of times, you will look at the opposition and say, okay. I, they're they're playing the Jags. They're playing the Texans. They're playing the fill in the blank, right? And even even though that team might be questionable at best, you still pick them to win that game, not because of your confidence in them, but because your complete confidence that the team they're playing absolutely sucks. And so you're right. It, it's kind of the same theory applied here, where if you're gonna have a week where you're missing a bunch of guys or a bunch of guys are game time decisions, I'd much rather it be this week than next week against the L.A. Rams or the week yeah. after that against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah I, agree. I hate to say it. I don't, you don't want anybody to be injured, but, like, okay, like, if you're going to miss – and now, listen, and here's the thing. Okay, Murphy's got, what, an ankle injury, right? Yes. You, these next three games are just so crucial. So now you make the – now you now you go into these meetings. You're like, okay, he's about 75%. Do we play him and risk the chance that he kind of tweaks it a little bit and then he's out for two weeks? Or do we say, you know what, we can win this game without him, Let's roll the dice here and give him an extra week to get ready because these next three games are you know, huge games for the Arizona Cardinals. So that's that's got to be an internal discussion as well. Because yeah. if you're saying to yourself, we could get by without him, we could get by without him, then you you know you you want to make you you want to get him healthy for that next the next three games. So that's something that they're going to have to discuss and they're going to have to think about. Yeah, it's just it's it. And you mentioned this earlier, and it, it goes without saying, but we'll say it anyway. It comes at a position where they're just so organizationally thin as it is. There just aren't great options there if he can't go. Now, the good news about Byron, here's Cliff Kingsbury talking about Byron Murphy's status for Sunday's game. Cliff, even though he's being listed as a game time decision and questionable. Cliff feels pretty good about it. Uh, Byron, I feel good about. I mean, we'll see how he progresses the next couple of days, but I feel feel good about him. And he was back on the practice field today, albeit in a limited fashion after not practicing yesterday. Marco Wilson, also a game-time decision. A game-time decision. Okay, so he's a game-time guy. Going back to the topic of DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Ian Rappaport today from the NFL Network. DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice over the last couple of days, and he is dealing with a rib injury, which 
you know, if you have a star player who doesn't practice at all, it's never a good sign. The difference here is DeAndre Hopkins always plays. I mean, that's one thing his teammates came out very clearly and did yesterday is nobody doubts him ever because he always wills himself on the field seemingly no matter what he is dealing with. So I would not also rule him out just yet. At least Hop has a chance to get out there. Because remember what age... How many games he's missed in his entire career? I believe it's one, right? Two. Two, that's it? He's missed two games in his entire career. Wow. I think, like, he's the guy you least worry about because he, like, he, he figures out a way to play. I don't care how banged up I am. I'm going to play for the. I'm going to play for those three hours, and then whatever I have to do to get ready to play next week, I'll get ready to play next week for three hours. He he's a master of that. He's he a master of figuring out how to play on Sundays. Right. He, he doesn't miss. He's like Fitz. I mean, Fitz didn't miss a lot of games in his career either. Fitz almost never missed a game. I have to go back and no. look. I don't, he he almost never ever missed a game. Besides, we've got AJ Green who basically said the same thing yesterday. Oh, don't miss games. He'd be fine. <laughs> okay. There you go. I yeah. I I think he'll be. I don't know if he'll be fine, but I think he'll play. I I doubt he practices much over the next couple of weeks, All but right. I, I think he'll be okay. Byron Murphy or DeAndre Hopkins? If you had to, if you had to be without one of them, which one could you best do without? Okay, to me, this might sound crazy. This is easy. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. If I had to choose one, he's the one that. Uh, and it's that's strictly one hundred percent a measure of their depth at wide receiver. That that's whereas at cornerback, I don't feel like they enjoy that at all. I, I don't feel like they have. Any... But on the other end, I, I think that if the Cardinals are at full strength on offense, the Jaguars cannot win a shootout against the Cardinals. So even if you without a cornerback, I might go the other way here. I might go the other way because I just you know I. I, I I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is good enough to take advantage of a, of a top corner being out. And what I do believe is that the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins, the, the Jaguars aren't going to be able to stop that, that passing attack. Yeah, that's they're fair. good against the run, but they're not good against the pass. Fair point, fair point. All right, well, we will uh, continue to talk about this here on Burns and Gambo 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. But when we come back, it is... Been a topic of conversation all week, the dreaded trap game. If you ask the Cardinals, they sound like that's exactly what they're not thinking about when it comes to this game. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. It was a movie that was released in 1999. It was directed by Oliver Stone, starred Al Pacino, Dennis Quaid, Cameron Diaz, Jamie Foxx. Did it, win, did it win any awards? Uh, it did I win. Mean, you, would, you, you have to look. You have to look. This I had to look. It, it didn't. It didn't win anything major. Oh. No, it didn't win anything major. No, it was a few of the minor awards, but didn't win anything big. The movie, of course, was any given Sunday, and it was uh, all about football and all about the ruthless measures that people will go to to win football games, even within a locker room. It is also. A phrase, Gambo, that has been thrown about quite a bit over the last few days when talking about the Cardinals and the Jags, because you and I, we can look at this game and we can see trap game. We can look at this game and 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 say, oh man, Jacksonville Jaguars, they're they're bad, man. Their their secondary is all banged up. They're awful. Trevor Lawrence looks every bit the part of a rookie quarterback. He's overthrowing guys. They're not running the ball. Their receivers aren't getting any separation. I mean, we can sit here and talk for days about how bad the Jags are and what they're doing wrong. Yeah. And then every time you do, that phrase gets thrown right back at you. Any given Sunday. 
and it makes you rethink the equation a little bit about Sunday's game. Well, or does here's, it? Here's what I'm going to say. Listen, I, I mean, do we fully expect that the Cardinals are going to win this game? Of course we do. Like, we do. We expect the Cardinals are going to win. But to sit here and just, like, you know, totally dismiss this game as there's no chance Jacksonville can win, I mean, if this if this was the, the Bucs or, or the Chiefs that were playing the Jaguars right now, I mean, teams with a proven track record that have, you know, won Super Bowls and, and – I, that's a lot easier to set. I mean, who are the Cardinals right now? I mean, who are they? When was the last time they made the playoffs? You know, I wanted to, I wanted to, I, I wanted to put myself in a position where I completely dismiss Jacksonville. Now, I would, I don't think Jacksonville is going to win the game. I really don't. But the city are in say that, oh yeah, the Cardinals are going to smoke them. They're going to beat them. I, I, I may think that, but man, I don't know that I want to go to the bank with that. What have the Cardinals done in the last six years? I mean, what have they done? Like this is not a juggernaut in the NFL that we're talking about with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, the Jaguars may be really bad, but, you know, when I you, you look at, oh, what I, there's a million stories. How can the Jaguars beat the Cardinals? I'm looking at one right now. Avoid the offensive low. Get a turnover, because they haven't got a turnover yet this year. <laughs> Win the upfront battle. B- bottle up Kyler. Hey, easier said than done. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. But, mine, let me, you know, let's not talk about, you know, let's not talk about the, the Arizona Cardinals like like they're Tom Brady's Bucks or Patrick <laughs> Mahomes Chiefs. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I, I a, a friend, a friend, and I won't say who, but a friend came to me asking about like wagering advice for this game, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't touch this game with a ten foot pole. I really, I really wouldn't for a lot of the reasons that you just said. It's, it's just now I, I'm reading the same stuff you're reading. I'm reading the same predictions you're reading, and a lot of them are basically saying the same things that we've kind of come to believe this week. Man, this could be a blowout. Jacksonville, this is just a bad matchup for them. This is the wrong kind of matchup. I mean, go look at the two quarterbacks who previously beat up on Jacksonville in week one and week two, and then compare those two guys to Kyler Murray, and it's just a totally different story. And I'm not thinking any given Sunday, but I'm kind of thinking along the lines of you. This is the Arizona Cardinals we're talking about, and not they, they haven't they have not earn the kind of credibility that comes with the notion that they can travel across the country and, and dismiss and just, just dismiss. Now, if they do, if they blow out Jacksonville, well, then maybe we rethink the Cardinals in their place and maybe we think about them a little bit differently. But until they're consistently winning football games like that, it's hard to just automatically. I'm, I'm with you. It's hard for me to just Oh, yeah, they're going to blow them out. No question. I have a hard time giving in to that, you know? I, th- I think, you know, I'm looking at another one here. Um, ten things that the Jaguars must do. Contain Murray. Force the turnovers. Get a lead. Stick with the run. Stop the run. Take the check down. Run when it's there. Get Arizona blocked. Make field goals because their kicker's over 3 on field goals this year. Like, okay, if they do all of those things, maybe they can win. <laughs> but... Like, they can't just do one of those things or two of those things and expect to beat the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, like so many things would have to go right for us to be here on Monday. Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and that's what it would be. We would be like, what the hell happened if they lose that game on Sunday? I don't expect it. You don't expect it. If I'm in a survivor pool, I think this is a great game to, to pick the Cardinals over the Jaguars. I mean, I think it's a pretty safe game. <laughs> but I just think that you, because – because there are certain teams in this league where you could say, okay, there's no way that, you know, that that team is going to lose to the Jaguars. I don't know that the Cardinals are at that point yet. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm trying to log into my survivor pool right now. Oh, you're it, in one? It, oh, yeah, I'm in one. And it'll tell me what percentage of people have chosen the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're the leading vote getter 
so far. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll look for that while I play a couple of sound bites here about this very topic. Here's Cliff Kingsbury on whether this is a trap game or not. I, I don't. Um, you know, the way we played last week definitely got our players' attention. We, we didn't play like we know we can. Um, and so watching that tape yesterday, I believe our players understand what we need to do to get better. And um, I expect us to, to try and improve this week. Here's DJ Humphreys today. I think, I think uh, coming off a game like last week, everybody kind of came to work, you know, with the focus of we got a lot of stuff to clean up. You know what I mean? Um, when we get a little luck, we, we're one-on-one. So I think everybody came to, to this week with that type of mindset. So I, I know it's something that in our room we haven't really thought about it being a trap game. Uh, we're definitely not taking them lightly. We haven't talked about it like this is a pushover team or anything like that. They got a lot of talent over there, so we're treating them, we're treating them that way. I, look, they're saying all the right things, whether it's in their hearts, whether it's in their souls, whether it's in their game. We'll find out on Sunday. But they are, as a unit, as a team, as an organization, they are all saying the right things about how they're treating this game. I, I just hope we see it Sunday. I'd, I'd love, I'd love for this game to be just like the Titans game a couple of weeks ago where, man, the Cardinals are up by such a big margin, they can just afford to give the ball to James Conner and Chase Edmonds the entire fourth quarter and call it a day. I think that could happen, but until I see the Cardinals do something like that, it's hard to believe that that's actually how this is going to turn out. Yeah, yeah. You'd like to see it. I think if they come in if they come in here on – if we get in on Monday and we're talking about the Cardinals, hey, two trips out east, 2-0, 2-0 in games that you know start earlier – and take care of business against the team uh, that you know that, that you're supposed to take care of business. That's that's what the best teams in this league do. The best teams in this league don't slip up in games like this. This is where this is where they make their mark. This is where they get their home field advantage. You know, this is the difference sometimes between being a Super Bowl contender and just being a playoff team. You can just be a playoff team. But you might have to go on the road a whole bunch. Now, unless you got Tom Brady in the box, they went on the road all year. You know, a lot a lot harder if you're a, a regular team. But this is where a lot of teams separate themselves from other teams. They don't slip up and lose the games that they're supposed to win. They win these games. All right, I finally I pulled it up here. Here you go. Nine um, percent are picking the Bills against Washington. Seventeen percent are picking the Ravens against the Lions. Nineteen percent are picking the Cardinals against the Jags. Check, looking to see if there's anybody else who's even twenty-seven percent. Okay, this one makes a lot of sense. Twenty-seven percent are picking the Broncos to beat the Jets this weekend. That would appear to be the most popular of the picks. Broncos, Jets. Broncos over the Jets, and then the Cardinals are second at nineteen percent, and then the Ravens are third at seventeen percent. That would appear fourteen percent picked the Panthers last night. So yeah, the, the Cardinals are a very popular pick in those eliminator pools this week, and and given who they're playing, you can see why. But any given Sunday, man, anything can happen when we come back on the burns and gambo show dalton var show just about ready to wrap up his first big league season full big league season with the arizona diamondbacks we'll talk with him about the state of the season and his manager getting extended next on the burns and gambo show the burns and gambo need to know twitter poll presented by sanderson ford gonna roll this one out real quick because we were just talking about it a second ago and then we're gonna talk with dalton varshow from the arizona diamondbacks mitch has our twitter poll question of the day mitch hello what you got for us today we got a good poll question today will you be disappointed if the cardinals do not blow out the jaguars on sunday and there's two options on this one yes it is a bad team or no a win is a win in the nfl 
No, a win is a win. Win is a win. I won't be disappointed at all. I'm not looking to blow. I just win. Just win. And that's where the audience is at right now. 55.3% say no, a win is a win in the NFL. All right. A little closer than I would have thought on that. Some fans out there looking for a blowout. In the meantime, let's talk a little Diamondbacks baseball. The Clubhouse Call-In with Burns and Gambo. Presented by American Telephone, your partner for cloud communications. Serving Arizona for over 30 years. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. The Diamondbacks back at home tonight, taking on the L.A. Dodgers. And joining us right now on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line for our clubhouse call-in on this Friday. Diamondbacks catcher, Diamondbacks outfielder Dalton Varsho. He joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Dalton, welcome back to the show. Thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. No, thank you, guys. Well, let, let's start with the news that, that Tori Lovello, your, your skipper, your, your first manager in the major leagues, will be back for, uh, for next year. We, uh, we have Tori on every single week. So I just want to get your thoughts. What has is, what is he meant to you? How has he helped you this season? Uh, I mean, he sat down with me multiple times throughout this year, and uh, we talk pretty regularly in the outfield when he comes around, talks with the outfielders. And uh, he just kind of was able to kind of just let me be myself for the past like couple months here, and uh, it's been nice of uh, just kind of being Dalton Varsho and letting myself come out. Has he? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Gamble. My apologies. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, for you know, for for a lot of guys that come up and they struggle, like you look at what you've done in in this in this second half here, and I'm just looking at just numbers over the last 48 games. I mean, 10 homers, 27 runs, 26 RBIs, hitting 294, four stolen bases. How did he help you? get through the difficult times when you were struggling early to get you to the point you're at now? Uh, I think like the biggest thing was when I kind of got optioned back down to AAA and got to just kind of figure out who I was again and just knowing that what I was doing there can work up here and just knowing that it's baseball and, you know, some things sometimes just don't go your way and it's kind of the luck of the game and just – knowing that you just got to keep grinding through it and uh, things will work out in the end. How, as this season kind of draws to a conclusion, and obviously it hasn't been the kind of season that anybody over there would have wanted, anybody over here would have wanted, how, how's, how's the room? How are you guys maintaining? How are you guys kind of hanging in there with about a week and a half left to go in this season? Uh, I mean, we're playing some big-time contention teams and uh, some obviously some division rivals with the Dodgers and the Giants coming up here and, those are two big series for who's kind of going to win the NLS. So uh, those are still big games for us because, I mean, we're still going out there and trying to put wins on the board for, for us. And um, we're just trying to keep our heads on, on a swivel and just making sure that we're not giving up. And uh, just knowing that we're going to put these nine games and just being able to put our best numbers up on the board and uh, be able to go into the offseason healthy and happy with what we've done this year. I don't know if you've gotten into self-evaluation mode yet. You still have nine games to go, as you mentioned, and six of those are against teams that are really competing for a lot in the National League. But as you kind of reflect on your 86 games, your 248 at-bats, how do you feel like 2021 has gone for Dalton Varsho? Uh, it's gone in a, in a step forward. A little bit better, better direction there of being able to kind of figure out who I am up here and knowing that I can stick up here and be able to be a big time player for the D-backs and that's what I've always wanted to do and been trying, trying to be. So uh, I think it's been a pretty good year and I know I got still nine games left, but hopefully I can keep adding on to those stats and be able to move forward here with the D-backs. 
What do you think the offseason will be like for you? What, what are some of the things that, that you feel you, you can work on in downtime? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is obviously you got to recover for the next year. Um, got to come back in healthy and, and stronger than what you were at the end of this year, and um, that's obviously priority number one. And then you just continue to build on your resume and being able to get better at catching, get better at outfield, get better with your approach at the plate, and being able to try to master your swing. Those are the things that you need to keep doing every year so that you keep getting better and being able to make adjustments throughout the year is is a big thing and understanding what people are doing. So um, those are just a couple things that you need to keep doing every year and it's kind of just more maintenance than anything else. Dalton Varshaw, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Outfield, catcher, for you when you talk about the offseason and what you want to work on, what what – what are some of the things specifically to each of those positions would you like to see yourself get a little better at when it comes to whether you're catching that night or whether you're in the outfield that night? Uh, big thing for me for catching is is more of just you got to still obviously keep building that trust with your pitchers and um, just knowing how to be able to receive everything a little bit better and being able to obviously with the framing metrics going on now and understanding how catching scores are coming back in, I just need to continuously build on that and be able to get better there. And um, obviously blocking, throwing, everything. I mean, it's just more of the fundamentals of baseball you need to continuously keep working at and keep getting better at every day. You, There's been a lot of discussion on, you know, maybe next year not having so many guys moving around different positions that, you know, maybe Cattell will just play second base. And maybe, you know, it's it's not a benefit for players to be moving around. It might be better to just settle in on one position. You, I think it's a little different because – you know, you can play the outfield. You've proven that. And you're also good at catching, and you like catching. I think you prefer it. So for you, would you to pre- would you prefer one position, or do you prefer to be a little bit versatile and, and have a couple different positions to play? I mean, I love the versatility. I think that's what, what keeps me up here being able to do so many different things, and uh, I think that helps Tori a lot, being able to adjust the lineup day in, day day out, of being able to put me in different positions to kind of give a couple guys days off. And uh, later on in the game, even having a double switch and being able for me to go catch or even go into the outfield and uh, keep Carson still behind the plate and being able to play both of us. So I think it kind of gives our team a better chance uh, in games. And I think the versatility is a big thing. But obviously you still have to primary uh, stay, stay on top of catching because that's a, kind of a big one and big position. Dalton Varsho, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. I, I would assume it's the catching, but is is there is catching just more natural and more comfortable for you than in the outfield, or you feel fairly comfortable when you're out there, no matter which outfield spot they ask you to play? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've gotten comfortable wherever they want to put me for the most part. Um, but yeah, ca- catching is is more comfortable overall. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. What what where they want me to put me that night? I'm I'm pretty comfortable with it as I try to prepare every day for playing that position. How is you got tremendous speed for a catcher? How is um, your your experience as a catcher? How does that help you as a base dealer? Um, you kind of just be able to depict when teams are going to take that chance to bounce that breaking ball or try to elevate, and you pick your times to run kind of in those counts. So. Um, I think that helps me out a little bit, um, but there also is tips that we uh, we we look up on and be able to try to pick pick out whether or not we're going to go. And obviously, a lot of it has to do with times to home 
for the pitcher and obviously the catcher's arm strength. So a lot of factors kind of um, go into it, but it's it, it's nice to be able to kind of have that flow of the game of understanding what every catcher is trying to do to a hitter and being able to use that for my advantage in base stealing. Good stuff. Dalton, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. Best of luck the rest of the season and with your offseason. I'm sure we'll catch up with you at some point during the offseason, but thanks again for your time, not only today, but this season. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Got it. Dalton Varshow. Joining us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line, Coulter Infinity Luxury Cars, Legendary Service. Visit CoulterInfinity.com. You can text us your thoughts on the state of the Arizona Diamondbacks and that Tory Lovello contract extension. FanDuel text line is open to you right now at 620-620. When we come back for ASU, what do they need to deal with this weekend in order to kind of steer the ship back in the right direction after that loss to BYU last weekend? That's coming up next here on Burns and Gambo. And, of course, the Football Friday does not just mean the Cardinals-Jacksonville game coming up on Sunday or everything else going on around the NFL, most of which, most of the good games in the NFL are in the NFC West, and we'll talk about that coming up a little bit in the show. But there's also a big weekend. Actually, I'm looking at the weekend right now in college football. It's not a great weekend it's for college football. It's not a great weekend. It's really not. Uh, I don't yeah, want to. Like, like, what game are you excited? Like, ever, like the first few weeks we had big games to watch like this week uh i just don't know if there's any game i want to sink my teeth into on a saturday no there's there's really not i mean if you're looking for ranked versus ranked if that's the thing you want on your saturday afternoon you've got 12th ranked notre dame at 18th ranked wisconsin okay i guess that's a good game i mean Uh, i guess that's a good game i ohio state's playing akron michigan's playing rutgers yeah clemson's at nc state Ranked versus ranked, you got seventh ranked Texas A and M at sixteenth ranked Arkansas. Again, I I feel like we're kind of there's not a lot here. There's not that like signature. Oh yeah, this is the game you got to watch. This is the one you got to make sure you check out. So we kind of knowing that that's how it's going to be this Saturday. West Virginia at Oklahoma uh... had a big win last week, but the, listen to this: West Virginia's zero twenty five all time on the road against top five teams. Wow. 25. Yeah, I mean, I know Tennessee, Florida versus this is this weekend. That's typically a big game, but I don't sense it's got the same kind of juice that it usually does. Yeah, uh, so so ASU, of course, we all know what they've got going on this weekend. They're hosting Colorado Saturday night at seven thirty as they open up conference play. And for ASU, you probably couldn't have handpicked outside of maybe Washington State or University of Arizona, which obviously wouldn't happen until the end of the season. You couldn't have handpicked a better get-right team to play after you lose last weekend to BYU than Colorado. They come in here, and we've been talking about them a lot, Gamble. They're, they're a mess offensively right now. They've got a couple of kids at quarterback, 63 total yards last week in their loss, 63 total yards. That's it. And you would think that ASU, not that I want them to play a sloppy game, they could probably still get away with playing a sloppy game and beat Colorado by a couple of touchdowns. They look like they're that bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look for reasons where, you know, I could convince myself that Colorado's got a shot here. You know, one of the things I was I was reading out of the Colorado paper is they're, they're saying, look, Colorado's much, much better than it looked and played in the Minnesota game when they got beat 30 to nothing, shut out, where they have 63 yards. And it says, you know, they um, – it, it says the Buffaloes were solid – Against the run, the defense was terrific, and a near-miss loss to Texas A&M. 
So their fans and they're, you know people that cover that team will look back to the Texas A&M game and you know say is Colorado more like the team that got shut up by Minnesota thirty nothing, thirty to nothing, or more like the team that you know gave Texas A&M a run for their money? So that's you know that's the thought there. Look, ASU we've seen them against Southern Utah, not impressed. UNLV not impressed. BYU not impressed. Impress me, it's <laughs> impress me. Let's go. I don't you know I this is probably one of those games where. You know, you're saying, well, what can you learn out of a game against Colorado? Look, it's a Pac-12 game. you got to win these things. So, get, you know, get off the snide, win convincingly, and, and let people know that, that you're a legitimate threat for okay. the Pac-12 South title. Let me, let me ask you this question. If they win convincing, convincingly on Saturday night, will you feel better about ASU football? Given who they're playing, if they win convincingly on Saturday night and, and thump Colorado, okay, you, want, you say, impress me. Let's say they impress you, okay, and they win by a lot. Are are you? Is everything okay with ASU? Are you are you satisfied with the state of the twenty twenty one season? It's a good question. It's a good question. Did they cut down uh, on the penalties? Did they play the game the right way? Did they? You know, because if they play sloppy, because look, they played sloppy and they beat Southern Utah. They sure. played sloppy and they beat you, but they beat UNLV. So you won the games, but I didn't have a good feeling about ASU in those games. So I think it's a it's a fair question by you, but I think the answer really has to. I I wouldn't be able to tell you until the game was over if if it's if if they if they fix the issues. Yeah, because we know this. Like unless you fix those issues, you ain't going anywhere this year. No, and, and honestly, that's exactly kind of the answer that I was angling for when talking about ASU. This this is. This is a different conversation than the Cardinals going to play Jacksonville. Okay, we, we, we talked about this a couple of segments ago. Any given Sunday, blah, 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 win is a win, blah, 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 right? All the cliches apply when you're talking about the National Football League. Just go there and get a win. Don't worry about how. Don't worry about what it looks like. Just be 3-0 and and, and kind of figure it out. I, I think with ASU, it's a little bit different because I think Colorado is potentially so bad, they still could play a really sloppy game and still win by quite a bit. I want to see how they play. the the final The final result on the scoreboard will be honestly the least of my concerns, as long as ASU doesn't lose to Colorado, because then that's an absolute mess we got to talk about. But how they got there? how How did they play? How did they look? Did they fix it? And, and I think the question that will linger is that even if they did fix it, even if they did play clean, mistake free football. On Saturday night, can we trust them to do that again when the level of competition really matters? I mean, I mean, nothing against Colorado, but it's it's they can they can be messy against Colorado and still win if they play a clean game. Will we expect them to carry that over to the next week? I don't know, but that's I, I almost don't care about the scoreboard. I just want to see how they get there. I want to see how they play. I think my my fear, and nobody thinks that they're going to lose this game. But God forbid they lost to Colorado. Oh, it's like it's time. Like it's time to have that conversation. Yes. Who's coaching this team next year? Who's coaching this team? What changes are going to be made? You lose to a Colorado team that got shut out last week, thirty to nothing, and then it's, it's like Pac-12 South. Everything's done, right? It's over. Like it's over. You're going to play to try to get into a meaningless bowl game. Um, but I think the the bigger picture would be, oh my God, they just lost to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, they're, they're, they're not, they're obviously they wouldn't be responding to the coaching staff. And I think that, that conversation would come up. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think it's going to happen. I expect that they, they, they pound Colorado. 
and, and win the game and, and try to get the season back on track because as bad as bad as, as it's been with the loss to BYU in which they played terrible and the other two games in which they really didn't play that well, what they, what they want is still in front of them. It hasn't been taken away from them. Now, somebody may take it away. But, you know, you, you want to live to play another week. Don't let Colorado be that team that takes it away. If they, if they win, they win this game. If they win this game on Saturday night, but they still play one of those penalty-filled slop fests, I might be more, even after a win, I might be more down on ASU than I was after losing to BYU. You know what I mean? You know what I mean by that? Like, let's say they win by 10 points, two touchdowns, whatever the case may be, but they're still sloppy. They have... Nine penalties, ten penalties, eleven penalties, whatever the case may be. Man, if you're not motivated and inspired to clean up your game after how you were humiliated last week against BYU, is there anything that's going to inspire you to clean up your game? You know, and so I, when I watch this game, I watch for that, hoping that those penalties get cut more than in half because if they don't. I'm going to wonder if there's any way the coaches can reach these guys. I'm going to wonder if the message that the coaches are sending simply is not getting through if they're not responding to as sloppy of a game as they had last week against BYU. Yeah, I'd like to like watch an ASU game and not feel like I want to throw something through the window. So if they could do that. That's our goal. That's our goal for Saturday night. Watch a football yeah. game. Don't throw anything through a window. Like to watch an ASU game and I feel like I want to throw something. Yeah. Or punch a wall or throw something through a window or scream at the top of my lungs. I mean, I mean, it's it, 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 this so. It, but it's going to be such a missed opportunity if they do nothing with this season with all the talent they have. Yeah. Now, on, other, on another note, what, they lost another another commit? Yep, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to mention that myself. That's it, why this is the year, Bernsey. That's why this is the year they got to win. Larry Turner Gooden, a four-star recruit, has uh, tweeted out, I'd like to thank the entire ASU coaching staff. After a long conversation with my parents, I have decided to decommit from ASU and reopen my Man. recruitment. Man. They now have four commitments for the 2022 wow. class. Four. You know what next year is going to be? Lean? Junior college uh-huh. transfers. Uh-huh. JC. And, They're going to have to go the JC route. And They're transfer portal guys. See. Yeah, and transfer portal guys, yep. right? Yep. Transfer portal guys and junior college guys. It's going to... Um, man, man, how many commit? How many decommits do they have now? A ton. I mean, it, it's. I think he's the third four-star defensive back who has decommitted, and he was the one that was considered completely legit. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we know how the players and coaches feel about this weekend's matchup, avoiding the quote-unquote trap game. How does the GM of the Cardinals feel about it? Steve Kime, our exclusive conversation next on the Burns and Gambo show.